0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hochberg, and this is episode number 221. Royal Caribbean's recent announcement of the activities, entertainment, and dining coming to Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas was full of surprises and changes. So this week, we'll look back at the announcement and discuss what we think of what's in store for Royal Caribbean's next Oasis-class cruise ship. From where to eat, what to do, and where to stay, we will not only review what was announced, but also speculate at what the future may hold with some predictions about what else is coming to Symphony. Here we go. Before we move forward, I want to take a look back. Back to 2006, because in February of that year, Royal Caribbean announced the development of a 220,000-ton, 5,400-passenger ship known as Project Genesis. It was slated to be 43% bigger than Royal Caribbean's next larger ships, which were the not-yet-launched Freedom-class ships of, in the fleet. In the years to come, Royal Caribbean introduced us to places like Central Park, The Boardwalk, Aqua Theater, and Ultimate Abyss. It was a revolutionary cruise ship idea for the time, and still captures the imagination for so many people who try a Royal Caribbean cruise on an Oasis-class ship. This was a brand-new ship that was unlike anything we'd seen before, but over time the Oasis-class ships have changed what the public expects from a cruise ship. The amount of activities, dining choices, and entertainment across the cruise industry have had their rules completely rewritten thanks to the Oasis-class ships. This was unlike anything we'd ever seen before. And despite the increased size of the ship, one fact remains the same. Oasis-class ships offer up an incredible cruise vacation experience, whether it's enjoying a Broadway show, dining at a favorite specialty restaurant, or just enjoying the view from an incredible stateroom, it's a big part of of the cruise experience that we all enjoy today. Fast forward to October 2017, and Royal Caribbean pulled the curtain back just a little bit on its fourth Oasis-class cruise ship, Symphony of the Seas. It was an exciting event where the company provided everyone a sneak peek at what they can expect to see, eat, and do on board. But of course, like any good Royal Caribbean cruise, while you can do it alone, it's always best when it's shared with friends. So on this week's show, I wanted to invite a friend to join me in talking about this really exciting announcement. And just like an Oasis-class ship, our guest this week is always fun to be around and shares perhaps an even greater affinity for big cruise ships than even me. It's the pride of Tampa, Mrs. Poole's baby boy, Michael Franklin Ferdinand Poole. Welcome back to the podcast, Michael.
1: Oh, wow, Matt. What an introduction, but... Um, I'm, all, I'm really excited to talk about this fourth Oasis-class ship, and anytime I can talk about a big ship, you know I get excited about that because I'm a big ship kind of guy.
0: That's right. You heard it here first, folks. He is a big ship kind of guy, and I got to tell you, when Royal made the announcement, Michael and I were like little girls texting each other like, oh my god,
1: it's got this thing in it! <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see this? Did, did see you see ad? that?
0: This is just like – I assume this is what all the, everyone else like when they're watching like Dancing with the Stars or whatever. This is how they react, right? It's like, oh my god, he did the split and the thing and he looked at her that way. Like that's how we are like, it's got a new restaurant. <laughs> a new bar. A new bar. We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. So let's jump right into it. Uh, a lot, uh, th- I'm, we're going to go kind of announcement by announcement here, but Michael, feel free to, as I'm sure everyone's expecting us to do, go off on complete tangents and end up talking about University of Tennessee football. Uh, oh, sorry, source. Oh, up. we're not <laughs> going there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start off with, even before the ship, forget the ship for a second. I want your thoughts on this, Michael. Uh, Rokerman announced frictionless arrival. So basically the idea is, they, they Rokerman started this with the Quantum Clash ships mostly, this idea that... When you go on these kind of ships, you take your photo ahead of time before you even get to the pier. Uh, basically, you want to reduce the amount of time you're spending in the terminal. So that way you can literally go from curb to ship. And as I mentioned, with the, with the Quantum Class ships and even with, the, with, with Harmony of the Seas, Royal Caribbean introduced this, you know, they, they made it quicker. But now they're looking to make it even faster with frictionless arrival. And it'll be a new uh, redesigned checking experience that eliminate lines and bypass the counter. Other than, of course, the security check, which everyone has to go through. There'll be a combination of facial recognition, barcodes, and beacons to make boarding fast and frictionless. Uh, So, And this incorporates uh, the new Royal Caribbean smartphone app and some other underlying technology, I'm sure. And it'll be available in Barcelona, when uh, that's where uh, Symphony of the Seas will debut initially. And, of course, in the new cruise terminal in Miami. So, Michael... What do you think of the frictionless arrival announcement?
1: It's almost hard to believe, Matt, because you know we were just on Harmony of the Seas, and I'm sure your checking um, experience was similar to mine. From curbside to you know sitting down waiting to board, I mean it's less than ten minutes. So it's like the fact that Royal Caribbean is willing to push the limits and, and reduce that amount of time is just—it's almost hard to believe. But um, I think that you know they're shifting more towards the app. This is just the first step we've seen, and. You know, I'm excited about it. Um, I do like you know taking selfies at home, get putting it in the cruise planner. You know, getting excited uh, for the cruise. It's just one more thing we can do to pre-plan. So I like it, Matt. What do you think?
0: Yeah, for, first of all, I don't know about you, but the best place to take selfies for that for the <laughs> check-in is the bathroom because that's the only place I got like a plain white wall, good lighting. It's easy to take it. I don't know why, but anyway, just a little tip right there for when you're taking your selfie. I mean you're right. I think you brought up something that's that's a really good point, which is like it's not like it was an hour beforehand. Really, the selfie thing is not new. That's that already exists. But it's this idea that you know your phone will be able to, you know, wirelessly and seamlessly as soon as you get close enough to the terminal, but boop, you know, you're checked in. Like that's crazy. That's just, I mean it's it's cool. You know, you, but to your point, we're eliminating probably 10 minutes. I think you know what it is, Michael, also is that you and I arrive so early because we're not normal. And we, you know that that's kind of how we roll in. but I can imagine for this will really benefit people who show up at that really peak time, that twelve o'clock to two o'clock ballpark, you know, when most people when all the airplanes are landing and people are arriving by taxi, you know when they really the lines get the longest, and they're not even that long, but it'll help speed all that up. So I look, I'm all for waiting less, and I think that anybody who is going to fall into that category, people that arrive, in the afternoon, will probably see the most benefit from this.
1: I, yeah, I don't even know what those hours look like, Matt. I'm always on board, but I think you're right. Those are the peak times where people come in line. Um, so I guess there just there's not going to be any people at the counter. I mean, this is it's going to be really exciting to see. Um, I, I really look forward to
0: it next year. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Of course, you know, some people don't – they don't do anything. This is my parents. I always use my parents as an example. They don't do the online check, and they just show up and, you know, what? what, what? There was a thing here? I didn't know that. Uh, but for people to take advantage of it, it's going to be like – you know what it's going to be like, Michael? When you go through a toll road, and there's the easy pass, and then there's the toll that people stop to give money at, I think that's what the experience is going to be akin to.
1: I like that. Just fly right by, right on board. Um, yep. I look forward to it.
0: All right, uh, next announcement, and this is no particular order, I just, I'm going off what I wrote on Royal the most sensible thing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say that probably the announcement that got the most attention, certainly if you Google Symphony of the Seas, you're probably going to see a photo of this, the Ultimate Family Suite. And I think the reason why it's gotten so much attention, there's only one room that's of this Ultimate Family Suite on the ship. So just one, it's a one-room category. But, I mean, it's just – it's ridiculous. I mean, look at the photo of this. I'm going to read what this room includes. It is a 212-square-foot wraparound balcony that's a two-level Ultimate Family Suite includes a floor-to-ceiling Lego wall, air hockey table, hidden nooks for chilling. That's a direct quote, by the way. I did not make that up. A separate 3D movie theater-style TV room complete with popcorn machine, <laughs> library of video games across multiple gaming systems. Uh, you've got the full-size whirlpool. Oh, yeah, and there's a slide in the middle of the room that goes from level two to level one. Uh, I mean, I think Michael. I I mean, I was was like, we need to have more kids so we can justify going in this room.
1: (laughs) I'm just like, let all that settle in. What Matt just said. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm sitting here looking at a photo of myself, but it it almost looks like a mini like kids park or or something in the middle of a cabin i mean can you imagine the lucky kids that get to sell in this in this cabin and matt i mean for the purpose of research i think you got to talk your wife into it you got to make it happen
0: (laughs) the balcony is 212 square feet includes bumper pool table a climbing experience and the whirlpool which i mentioned earlier i mean it's just look i'm not complaining sign me up for this any day of the week however i did look this up initially when it was announced Good friend Annette Jackson looked it up for me. She knew if anybody was going to take advantage of this, you know, I got two kids, right? Matt deserves a great, sweet experience. Why not? Little YOLO book it in action. <laughs> the oh boy. price this. The price for the first two passengers. I hope you're all sitting down. And if you're driving, please move over to the shoulder before you hear this figure. This was for the this quote obviously the price varies a little bit but uh, for the Royal Caribbean blog group cruise in 2018 on Symphony of the Seas November 17th 2018 more details at royalgreenblog.com The price for the ultimate family so if it hasn't been booked already $34,000 oh, oh, Wait my. wait wait per person No
1: no way
0: Wow! What it's that or a couple Mercedes Benz, whichever ones you prefer. <laughs> wow! That that is I, I don't know. I don't even know what just that's just mind blowing Matt, because I
1: believe the the top suite now on Oasis class generally is like thirty five thousand for the week. So this is this is um a really unique experience. If you can uh, do it, YOLO book it. Um and and perhaps if you get two families, maybe.
0: But I don't know. <laughs> So then it's know. only it's only a mere 4 what's what's $35,000 between friends. That's only for the first two passengers by the way. So the the third and fourth I believe were like $1700 a person. So that's a that's nothing. That's chump change right there.
1: What a discount, man. <laughs> wow. Well, we will have to tour that room. Uh maybe you can on the on the media sailing and just take photos cuz that's probably as close as we're getting to that cabin.
0: It's a, it's just unbelievable. You know, again, and people are probably like, "Oh my gosh, you know, like that's a crazy amount of money." I guarantee you, they will sell that room. I think you're
1: right. I think
0: somebody's uh, going to pay for it.
1: Yep. I
0: mean, if there's only one, so it's one of a kind. Exactly, and there are people who just say, "I want the best, only the best." And you know, it must be nice being those people. I certainly hope they listen to this podcast and consider sponsoring the podcast. That'd be wonderful. Just saying. Um, let's move on to some more announcements now that I got all the shameless plugs out in one particular, uh, segment, uh, hooked seafood restaurant. So this is, this is very interesting, not because of the idea, but the history behind it. Let's let's talk about the Hooked seafood restaurant, uh, a fresh new England style seafood located in the solarium. It'll feature fresh seafood and a robust raw bar complete with oysters shucked to order. And what's interesting about this, Michael, isn't that they made the announcement, but this is actually real Caribbean's second go around with a, a seafood restaurant. Like like of this nature, fresh seafood uh, on an Oasis class ship. Back on Oasis of the Seas, way back when when the ship first was uh, was uh, debuted, there was the seafood shack, and it never made lure never had one. It was uh, it was Rita's Cantina. This is on the boardwalk, uh, but anyway, it's been replaced and never made it beyond Oasis of the Seas. It didn't seem I don't want to call it a failure or anything like that. Just didn't go past one ship and was gone within a couple of years. So uh, certainly wasn't a hit. I think it's suffice to say, but. Rollercoaster, going back to the seafood restaurant idea. What do you think of this, Michael?
1: Um, well, I think you said Rita's Cantina, wasn't it? Seafood Shack was the
0: on was Oasis the was Seafood Shack. Yeah. On, oh, on, yeah, on, yeah, on Lura was Rita's, right?
1: So I, you know, I was actually going to bring that up when when I saw this. So you know, Oasis did have the Seafood Shack. It was a very casual kind of experience. It almost reminded me of like a local casual place, you know, here in Florida on the beach. I'm not saying that it was a bad thing, but um, it just whatever for whatever reason it just didn't work out. Um, this is like you said another go-around. Um, solarium is an interesting an interesting pick. I I just feel like every restaurant in the solarium isn't a big like home run. So maybe this is their big attempt at that. But it definitely sounds good. I mean, I love seafood and and the solarium seems like an appropriate place for that type of meal. so I like it, Matt. I like it a lot
0: yeah i like I like fish and what have you. It seems to be he- leaving leaning heavily on the shellfish aspect to it certainly it's it's highlighted in the fact that there's uh they mentioned the robust uh raw bar and oysters, which. Look, if you eat that kind of stuff, I'm sure it's it's wonderful, and that, that's great news, and it's different. I mean, that that's the nice thing about it is getting a little variety, not having same old, same old. And certainly, I think there's a lot of Royal Caribbean fans who have been on uh, many ships, including many Oasis-class ships, will so welcome a change there. So are you a big Oyster fan, Michael? Because it's not my thing, but I know a lot of people uh-huh. really do enjoy it.
1: I'm not really um, and I'm sitting here looking at the photos and I'm like, I don't know if that would be me but I'm definitely gonna go and give it a shot. I'm assuming they're gonna have some more options other than the shellfish but we'll yeah. see mean more to come
0: yeah what's interesting by the way is they I guess they're still developing the idea because the photo there's only one photo it's this real close-up of of oysters but if you look at the <laughs> this is how much of a nerd I am if you look at the file name of the photo on the website, it's a Shutterstock image, so clearly they're still developing. I mean, look, it's oysters. What do they all look like? They look the same, right? But um, I guess they're still developing a lot of this, uh, these ideas. And for many of these things we're talking about, by the way, we're, we're basing a lot of this off of what's written down and also like one or two uh, composite photos or artist renderings. So kind of interesting how, you know, where we are in the game. A lot of people, I think, assume that there's a lot more to this. But, you know, these ship this developments, are, are it's an organic process. It's ongoing. It's not like they... You know, they designed it three years ago and they're just biding their time. I mean, a lot of this is a lot of changes happen and they're still happening. You know, they'll happen right up to literally the ship arrives uh, out of uh, out of the uh, out of the shipyard.
1: That's true. And one thing I want to point out is this is, you know, one of the venues where the open water. So, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, Oasis class, you don't get to see a lot of use of the the water. Uh, it kind of feels enclosed. I mean, this is a, a restaurant for you then, because you can have dinner while looking at the
0: sunset with the open water. So um, I'm excited about it. Good point. Speaking of Michael getting excited, wait for him to talk about this one. <laughs> I'm just going to introduce let Michael to talk all about it. The Playmaker Sports Bar and Arcade, and this is going to be a... A large area. Actually, this is going to span the entire length of one side of the boardwalk neighborhood. It's going to take the place of, if you can imagine on Harmony of the Seas, where Sabor and Starbucks is. And there's a store in the middle. Wipe all that out. This is where Playmaker Sports Bar and Arcade will be. It will offer, obviously, a lot of a lot of uh, televisions, to watch over uh, dozens of TVs, uh, different games you can play, and, of course, uh, bar-type food and Michael I know you're you were really excited about this idea
1: I I was you know other cruise lines have been kind of pushing the sports bar and arcade theme to the max and Royal's been you know they just been kind of stuck with their English pub and I'm like gosh I keep seeing all these beautiful new sports bars go in and when this announcement came out I was like oh my gosh Symphony is my new favorite ship uh I'm so excited about it I think it's going to be a huge hit um, people are really into sports, and they and they want to watch their games, you know, at sea and and cheer together. And it's all going to be an open air venue to the boardwalk. I think it's going to be huge success. One of the things that I still am kind of I don't know why, but they kept the English pub on the Royal Promenade, and I kind of thought this was going to replace that. Um, but nevertheless, I mean. More bars, more fun, right? But you're still going to have the sports bar and the promenade with this brand new venue on the boardwalk. So, man, I can just imagine Matt and I in this venue. <laughs> cheers to Estella! Now, I can't wait.
0: Yeah, no, it's gonna be really interesting it, because you're not because you're going to be able to watch. I'm hoping a lot more. It'd be even better if they had more programming that was that was regularly available through the TV system there. But I know for a lot of people. Uh, do enjoy watching sporting events on their cruise. I mean, if you're cruising during football season or baseball season or whatever, you know, basketball, uh, you know, you want to keep up with it and, and enjoying a drink at the bar and watching the game is evidently a big thing. I'm, I'm you know, to me, it's more about the social experience, but yeah, it's kind of nice. Like, can, we can watch the university of Tennessee, Michael. And I can already tell what's going to happen at the end. I don't even have to watch the game. We're not bringing that up. (laughs) But let's say maybe you're
1: not into sports. You're like, well, maybe this venue really isn't for me. They have other things in this bar. They're going to have arcade games, they're going to have little table games where you can play while enjoying a drink versus just sitting there and people watching. So I like that, you know, it's a multi purpose venue. Even if you're not into sports, I think you're going to find that you like this place uh, to hang out and have a drink and play with some games with friends.
0: I think it's a really good point, Michael, because, you know, we know there are so many bars and restaurants these days that have kind of offered this type of experience. I know some local places down here in in Florida and in Georgia, like Taco Mac. And then, granted, nobody outside of Georgia knows what the heck we're talking about. But, you know, those kind of places that offer, you know, you've been to all those kind of restaurants. I'm sure you have them all over the place where they're – it's a restaurant, but there's TVs everywhere. The waitresses or waiters walk around and, you know, they're wearing their favorite football team's jersey. But – the point is, is the watching a game is transcended by the actual experience itself. In that, you know, you can still enjoy it even if you don't really care. You're not even there for for the game. You're just there to hang out or or have a drink or have something to eat. That's kind of you know, it's it's more than just like a people look like the record screeches to a stop when you walk in if you're not a big sports fan. You know what I mean?
1: Right. No, I agree. And I, I'm thinking about like booking Symphony and just maybe seeing if I could put my bed in this in this particular venue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I will say people of course have been asking me a lot about the fact that because playmakers is where it is there will be no Sabor on mm. on uh, on symphony of the season you look I'm not happy about that I I would have preferred to have Sabor somewhere on there but you know what to me Michael I've pointed out that quantum class ships have never had Sabor on them, and I still enjoy them. And to me, it just makes my decision easier to go to Azumi. I'm not conflicted like a, uh, like, like I'm dealing with, you know, uh, which, which of my favorite children to go hang out with or something like that. It's more of a like, well, oh, my decision is easy. I'm going to go to Azumi all the time and, and double down on that. I mean, yeah, I'm not, while well, I'm not happy about it, eh, I can live with it. And certainly I have Sabor on the other three Oasis class ships to enjoy.
1: We just had such a great talk about how excited we were, and then you mentioned No Sabor. I'm like, the lows are the lows. Now, you know, um, I love Sabor a lot. I eat there almost every day on Oasis class, and to me, it's almost part of the experience. But I'm willing to give it up for this type of new venue that's going in, and maybe not to skip the order. But you know, Royal Caribbean is bringing in the new El Loco Fresh restaurant, which is going to have you know Mexican theme. My guess, Matt, is it's going to kind of have like an a la carte tacos. Uh, you know, we still don't know the information what they're going to have, but we're still going to be able to get our Mexican taco fix without having some more on the boardwalk there. So, what do you think about the new El Loco Fresh idea?
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I. I- i the jury's still out in my opinion. And there's two reasons there's two ways to look at it. Number one, it's Mexican. And I love Mexican food, and you know what? It's not just for me, I'm more than just, well, if it's not sabor, it's not good. I enjoy Mexican all the time. I mean we it, Michael knows when we go to a restaurant, I always look for tacos on the menu. Because tacos are, are you know, they're they're so ubiquitous here in the United States. It's such a uh quintessential food that, you know, it, it, it can be there's good tacos even if they're not quite an you know, authentic necessarily. Um so I do enjoy and and Royal Caribbean says it's going to be freshly made Mexican favorites, which is, you know, wonderful. The, the thing that gives me pause, and maybe I'm just – I'm being cautiously optimistic, Michael, because there's, there's two reasons why I'm, I'm, I'm going to be cautious about this. Number one, it's taking the space of mini bites on Harmony of the Seas, and uh, what was it on, um, on Oasis and Allure? It was um, Wipeout Bar, Wipeout Cafe. Um yep. Um, so, which is, if you've been there, it's a grab-and-go... It's nothing bad, don't get me wrong. Please don't misunderstand me. The food is fine. It's just nothing special. It's like, you know, it's just, there's hot... Like on Wipeout, it was like hot dogs and burgers and, you know, traditional cruise fare. So not, it's not exactly culinarily, it's nothing revolutionary or anything even approaching that. And the thing that gives me more pause is the whole Rita's Cantina thing, which I have not been a fan mm. of Rita's Cantina. Mm. I don't know about you, Michael. I did it on Brilliance of the Season. I was not impressed by it. Certainly... I mean, it paled in comparison to, to Sabor, but of course, this is a new restaurant, and maybe you know, real realize they're they've learned some lessons there. And my hope is that it'll be you know certainly the kind of food where you know what we talk about a lot of times, Michael. It's like, ooh, you know, it's it's eleven thirty. Uh, we had a couple of drinks. Let's go get let's go let's go get pizza. But instead, we'll be like, hey, let's go get tacos upstairs, you know, and and kind of go there. That that would be great for me as long as it's you know. Uh, if it's if it's half as good as Royal Caribbean is making it out to seem, you know, fresh made Mexican, I can be okay with that. I can live with that. Even if it doesn't live with the support, you know what? Sometimes you just need to grab a couple tacos and be on your way.
1: Yeah, I do like the, the late night idea, but I this is one area of the ship where, I'll be honest, I kind of almost tend to avoid because it's right there by the basketball court, back there by the flow riders. I mean, there's nothing wrong. It's just where all the kids and teenagers hang out in that area. I'm not saying it's only kids and teenagers, but it tends to be more. Um, and so personally, I find myself kind of avoiding that area and going to other venues on the ship. So right. we'll we'll see. I mean, it says it, it can seat up to 100 people, um, but I, I don't know. Um, yeah. There's well, still a lot look, to be determined.
0: Look at you, Michael. You turned 22 years old, and now you can't <laughs> hang out with the teenagers anymore. <laughs>
1: Hey, I'm all about them having their own space. You know, when I was a teen, I was like, "We have the teen area; adults have their area." So
0: that's right. Uh, Six months ago, you had a whole different tune to the to the discussion. Oh my gosh! <laughs> all right, let's uh, move on to sugar. We're not. I don't think we're even halfway through. This is going to be the longest episode of the podcast yet. <laughs> I promise you that. All right, uh, Sugar Beach Candy and Ice Cream Shop. This is going to take up the other side of the boardwalk. Um, and it's kind of interesting because it's going to offer uh, a lot basically. It's kind of combining Ben & Jerry's, Candy Shop, the uh, the Cupcake uh, Bakery that's been on some other ships and kind of putting it all together there. What do you think of this idea?
1: I mean I like it because like you just said, in the past, there's like the Cupcake Shop, there's the Ice Cream Shop, there's the Candy Shop. If you think about the Oasis you know, cruises you've been on, they're like kind of little stores all throughout the boardwalk. This is bringing it all together in one-stop shop. Uh, I think it will be much larger. If you've ever stepped in those shops, sometimes it's like it's so crowded. You almost just want to get out of it. So I think whoever came up with this idea did a great job. Um, but I don't see myself spending too much time in here, Matt.
0: Yeah, you know what it's going to be good for, Michael? is There's always like one or two days I want to have ice cream on the ship. And the Ben and Jerry stuff is far superior to the free things. And I'm willing to pay for it. You know, my kids will will, will want to do that. They'll always want to do ice cream. There's never a, there's never an argument there. But I loved having uh, having that option there. And on Harmony, they don't have that ice cream shop on the on the boardwalk like they did on Allure of the Seas and, and Oasis. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to this, and I like having this kind of clearinghouse of sweets on there. So. I think it's gonna be a really neat, uh, neat spot on there. I don't know that I'll be spending like. It's, I think you're right, Michael. It's not gonna be. We're gonna be there every day, right? But you know, if I go in there a couple times, and you know, once for ice cream and once to look around, and maybe grab you know something, a souvenir for the kiddos. Eh, you know, that that, that that's fine with me. I, I kind of like it. I like the location of it. I think I think it makes a lot of sense being on the boardwalk, right across from the carousel and. And, you know, it's great. The kids can go hang out in the ice cream shop and do that, But Daddy's going to go visit Uncle Michael at the bar at Playmakers.
1: <laughs> Come on over. But I will say I do like putting candy on my ice cream sometimes, like gummy bears. So maybe I can knock out two stones in one. So uh, it's a pretty cool venue. I'm, I'll check it out. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, this one's interesting. Next one, this is something this is, we're going to actually divulge for, or diverge, rather, from, from eating to actually other things <laughs> to jump on board the ship. And uh, this is an announcement for Symphony of the Seas. Actually, this will be the second Royal Caribbean ship to get this, believe it or not. It's going to be Laser Tag. Uh, Royal Caribbean actually announced Laser Tag for Independence of the Seas. Uh, that'll be happening in April of next year. So this is not, not very uncommon, actually. Royal Caribbean oftentimes will test new ideas out on a, on another ship before debuting on a larger ship. But uh, uh, Laser Tag will be available on, uh, on uh, Symphony of the Seas. And uh, it's going to be in Studio B. And it's promising to be a pretty epic thing. I don't know that I have. I don't think I played laser tag since I was uh, probably a a young teenager. I think I think I went through a a laser tag phase um, where we went there a couple weekends in a row. But I'm excited for it. You know why, Michael? Because it's on a cruise ship. It's fun. It's fun. I can totally see this being a laser tag competition. A uh, winner gets ice cream loser pays for the ice cream at Sugar Beach. Uh, you know, during the Royal Cream blog group cruise. That's two shameless plugs so far for those keeping track at home. Um I, I think I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun.
1: I I like it too. I mean I grew up playing laser tag as a young teenager too, so I mean I remember my parents just dropping us off for the day, have fun playing laser tag all day. So I I love the idea. Um I'm curious on, you know, what they'll do as far as like structures they'll bring in to hide under in Studio B, um and and the team amounts, but I think it's a really great idea. The venue doesn't go used very much throughout the day. So this is just one more way of role and kind of getting creative and coming up with these kind of like multi purpose venues that we are kind of seeing more and more of. So I like it and I can't wait to play.
0: Yeah, and for those who are unaware, we should probably mention Studio B is the ice skating arena that's on the oasis class ships and i think you're right you know what i think we're both saying the same thing michael's like we we want to see what it's actually going to look like you know when it when it actually debuts like is you know it's i i think we're all assuming it's gonna be more than just a bunch of mats that are set up to like create corridors like it's going to be a little more uh to it than that and you know what laser tag is inherently fun so i'm with you on that I, i like that idea um, the other remaining announcements are mostly related to some shows, and it's of stuff we really know like next to nothing about. More, than, they're just some artwork and some, uh, you know, a, a poster announced for it with a, with a brief synopsis. In the Royal Theatre, there's going to be Flight, which is a. I'm going to read Royal Caribbean's description of this. You're cleared for takeoff in Flight, a one of a kind show that takes you through the history and future of flying. Flight is an uplifting historical satire on the evolution of air travel that ends with an homage to the famed Wright brothers. And, of course, this is something that uh, Royal Caribbean's uh, vice president of entertainment, Nick Weir, has been hinting at for months and months and months. This is his, his baby here, and he really takes pride in these kinds of shows. So it reminds me a lot in terms of the fact that there's satire involved and the way that Nick Weir has been talking about it, Michael. It reminds me a lot of a Columbus the Musical with that kind of attention and focus that, that's that been given to it. And look, knowing Nick Weir, there's two things that are going to be involved. Number one, there's going to be some early 90s Madonna music. And number two, it's going to be a fun time.
1: <laughs> I mean, I love everything about flying. So when I first heard this, I was like, I think I'm really going to like this. But I was like, hmm, I wonder what Matt's going to think about the history of flying and going <laughs> to see a show. It's
0: a good one. I hate flying. I'm scared of it, but. I enjoy watching it, just not being in it.
1: Right. So I think I'm actually going to like this one a lot. You know, I love flying. I love watching planes. I love landing and every aspect about it. And it mentions that we're going to kind of have a, the history, you know, of flying. So and then going into the future. So I think it'll be a fun, fun show. And he has been teasing us on Twitter with little images for quite some time on this one.
0: Absolutely. In the Aqua Theater, you've got Hero, a mind-blowing show that combines cutting-edge technology Future forward choreography, unexpected stunts, and highly innovative, physically extraordinary acrobatics. So, of course, being in the aqua theory, this is the this is a water diving show. I think you know what we saw on Harmony of the Seas with uh, with the Fine Line. You know, there, there's so much to it. Uh, I'm just curious what they're going to do to top the spinning guy.
1: Yeah, I didn't even. I, when I first read this, it made me almost think of the Anthem show when they said like more technology into the production because I know, you know you've know you sailed on Anthem where they bring in those robots and screens and I don't know if that's something they're going to look at for this but it definitely looks like they're going to push the limits on the technology for the Aqua show. So these just keep getting more and more intense and again, this is Nick Weir's work here.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's. There's just there's a lot to do there, and I think that that's the key. There is that Royal Caribbean is not content with just more of the same, and even though this is the fourth ship in the class, there is a lot to uh, to enjoy, and they don't they don't just. You know, it, it, they, they continue to innovate with it, which is pretty impressive, actually. Uh, We've also got 1977 in Studio B. Uh, the spectacular adventure on ice follows a time-traveling, dimension-jumping hero as he is called upon in London to recover Her Majesty's crown jewels in time for the si- famous Silver Jubilee. 1977 will take uh, ice surface video projection technology to an, a new level and was developed uh, with Panasonic, Panasonic to push the limits of what is possible technologically. And this is really interesting. Of course, 1977, is it's got to be no coincidence that it's very similar to the ice skating show on Symphony of the Seas 1887. Uh, there's sevens involved, so if people go with me on this, there's got to be a connection there. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, the 1977 a ice skating show... Set a solid 44 years before you were born, Michael. What do you think about uh, the, about this show?
1: I was actually thinking the opposite. I was like, it's getting closer and closer to when I was born. <laughs> but I'll say these new royal ships, you know – they seem to be kind of shifting more towards n- not modern day, but, you know, let's talk about the the 90s street parade. You know, they no longer do the 60s and 70s uh, or 70s street parade. Now it's 90s. So I think that we're seeing a little shift in time, Matt, and I like it.
0: Yeah, it's the ice skating shows. Like I've said, I think I've said this on many, many podcasts. If you've never seen an ice skating show in Royal Caribbean, you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, it's an ice skating show. I'm not going to go see ice capades when I'm at sea, right? And it's like, you got to go see them because these ice skating shows are more than just people skating around in a circle. It's truly impressive, both from a theatric standpoint and from a physical standpoint. There's a lot that to enjoy there. Uh, It's also the best air conditioning on board the ship. If you're ever hot, go to Studio B. You'll cool down in about three seconds.
1: That too. And I would actually recommend if you can get there early and sit in the front row, I don't know, to me, that kind of creates more of like an experience like you're in the show. Um, So just a good tip, get there 30 minutes early, get a front row seat, and you kind of feel like you're part of the show.
0: Great point. Also, the other announcement, and of course, this was, an annou- this was announced actually before this event, but still made the the addition, which is that the Broadway show on Symphony of the Seas will be Hairspray. And of course, uh, many Royal Caribbean fans will recall that Hairspray was originally on Oasis of the Seas. When, Oasis- when Royal Caribbean first introduced the idea of having a Broadway show on its ships, Hairspray was the first show on Oasis of the Seas. Cats has since replaced Hairspray, but Royal Caribbean is bringing it back. Uh, Two uh, symphony of season. I'm excited about it. And I got to tell you, Michael, is it okay if I get on my soapbox here for a second? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, some people were a little less than thrilled with the announcement. Not because they necessarily disliked Hairspray, but they were disappointed in the sense that it was a show that was already on there. But I, I don't have a problem with that. This is, first of all, Broadway is known for revivals. Like, They'll do they'll bring back the same show like every couple of years. They'll bring back, you know, uh, Hello, Dolly is like one of the hottest Broadway shows right now. This is probably I don't have no idea, but it's got to be like the seventh or eighth rendition, if, if at least that of the show. I mean, bringing back a revival is so Broadway. You can't get more Broadway than that. And it's a really fun show. I mean, everybody knows the music to it, especially, you know, Hello, Baltimore. They've made, I think, two different movies about it. Uh, based on the show, there was uh, also a live NBC uh, rendition of it. It's it's a classic show. Yeah, I mean, look, in a perfect world, would I prefer to have something I haven't seen before? Sure, of course, I think we all would. But that doesn't make it a disappointment. That doesn't make it a bad thing. And I'm, uh, I feel better that I said that now. Thank you, Michael. I, this has been very therapeutic for me.
1: <laughs> I can tell that's been building up quite some time. <laughs> but people were a little upset. I like you. I didn't really mind it. Um, you have to think, you know, Royal Caribbean has to, you know, half, half of every cruise is all first time cruisers. So you're right. talking almost a decade ago that the show was on Oasis that launched. And the people that are cruising now are not necessarily the same people that were cruising in 2009. So they have to cater to their audience. I have no problem with them bringing the show back. When I saw it then, I liked it. And I'm excited to see it again. And, you know, there's a fifth Oasis class coming. Maybe we'll see something different, but I see no problem with hairspray coming back.
0: There you go. See, this is why he's on the show. He agrees with me most of the time, anyway. (laughs) That's a first. (laughs) That's a first. (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least, there will be an escape room. This barely, it's got like one sentence out of it. We've talked about the escape room a lot, but Michael and I are big fans of it because we got to do it together on Harmony of the Seas. And. I don't. After seeing, I mean, I was a fan of it on Anthem of the Seas, but after experiencing Escape the Rubicon on Harmony, I can't wait. This is like this is going to be my my hidden gem, the thing that you've got to seek out, even though it may not make the the TV commercials for it. It's an undeniably cool experience that you find here on on uh, on, on Symphony of the Seas, Michael. I mean, I I think it's safe to say you also share my excitement for it.
1: Yeah, I loved it. When you and I did it, it you know, I looked back on that two day cruise. And honestly, one of the I mean, I remember a lot, but one of my top memories is us playing this game. And it's just like fun. You're you're interacting with people you don't even know. And by the end of the game, they're like almost your best friends. And I'll be honest, I almost did it again on Harmony last month on the group cruise. But I'm like, I can't do it again. I know. I like I wanted to go back that much because I had so much fun there. Um, but You know, once you go through it once, you kind of know the way out. And I didn't think it'd be fair for other people. Hey, he already knows the game, but man, it's an incredible experience. I think they charge eight bucks or seven bucks per person to play.
0: It's worth every penny of that, and you'll have a blast. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, we had on the Rockerman Blog podcast. We interviewed. Uh, the puzzle break, which is the company that's developing the game, their CEO, uh Nate Martin, that was in episode one hundred and ninety eight of the podcast, so be sure to check that out because I think also, if my memory serves me correctly, Nate may have hinted at some of the things that they're working on for Symphony of the Sea. So and for what I remember it was even like it's in traditionally Royal Caribbean style. It's bigger and better and greater. And uh I'm pretty excited for what they're gonna be offering with with that. So Uh, Michael, looking at this holistically now, we this is, of course, by the way, this is only some of the announcements. I mean, this is some of the stuff that we know about. At least, I I suspect we're going to get a lot more information between now and next couple months, leading up to Symphony's debut in April of 2018. So, I mean, what what do you think about this? Are this, this is a good sign for you? Are you happy with what you saw in this announcement?
1: I am happy, Matt. They, you know, you've heard a bunch of new stuff that Matt and I just talked about. Where you're like, wow, this sounds completely different. But you have to remember, they're keeping a lot of the same classic things too, like Wonderland and Dazzles and Chops, uh, One Fifty Central Park. You're still going to find all those classic Oasis class restaurants and venues on this ship. They're just tweaking it a little bit and changing things up for to make it, you know, a new ship, new feel. Um, and you know, Sportsmaker Sports Bar, that's where I'll be, Matt. Um, I'm booking this cruise just for that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it it's really impressive. And I think one thing you have to remember of course this is the fourth Oasis class ship. So this is you know usually historically before all this you know when you got to the time by the time you got to the fourth ship in a in a class I mean all they were doing was like oh yeah we're going to rename the Safari Club to the you know the Colonial Club like they just name changed names of venues there wasn't even like much of a change beyond that. You know it was really just it was really carbon copy that's what you do right you develop you spend a lot of time and money on on an idea you develop it for one ship and then you just copy it out for a couple other ships because they reduce costs involved but there's still this is still a fair amount of of things on there obviously the art is going to be completely different on board that's almost a given you know we we're going to have uh, i i think there's still going to be another uh, couple of big entertainment reveals perhaps uh, remaining i could i mean what else do you think we we can reasonably to see of course the godmother they announced by the way the godmother won't be announced until uh, wrote until Symphony arrives in North America, uh, we get a brand new cruise terminal with it in, in Port of Miami. But what else? What are some other things? Let's put on our thinking caps here and give me or your, your crystal mm-hmm. balls, I guess. What do you see as something else that you think you don't you know coming up the, down the pipeline between now and in April? Because let's face it, there's a lot more you know news cycles that Royal Caribbean wants to be able to capture the imagination of people with. Mm, I'm
1: trying to think here, Matt. I think you know i i think that they'll continue to maybe revamp the the cabins in the on the ships so, you know if you haven't been on harmony of the seas the cabins on harmony in my opinion are I, I mean i loved it it's completely different than oasis class so i think we could see either the same or revamp them a little bit but
0: hmm
1: maybe you know i know the water slides are coming i've already seen images of that
0: um well, well don't I don't forget know. they also well with the water slide don't forget that they could also maybe change them we're not it's not guaranteed we're going to have the same exact slides, perhaps we'll see new slides offered, right? I mean, that, that's that been uh, a, a trend where Royal Criminal will take something that already works and, you know, enhance it. We, in fact, I remember when the original announcement for Symphony of the Seas, they had mentioned that while there'll be an Ultimate Abyss, it's going to be different than what is on Harmony, a little bit of an enhancement, a little plussing of it, which is always nice to see that it's not just more of the same of it. Um, so that, that's pretty darn cool, I think, that they're going to be uh, doing that. Um in fact, also, the other one, a lot of guests won't see this, but don't forget uh, that uh, when Royal Caribbean announced their next class ships, the Icon class, that some of the fuel cell technology will be tested uh, uh, will be tested on some of the um, uh, Oasis class ships. So we may see a little bit of that involved with it, too. So, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's a stepping stone. Again, not something that maybe a lot of guests will see, but an important uh, uh, piece of, of the puzzle. That, and I was
1: going to say, uh, looking at the deck plans, it looks like they might be possibly bringing back the solarium pool. I know some people were a little upset Ooh. with that. So it's it's possible that the pool's coming back. And then I looked at the beach pool. So if you've ever been on a couple of the Oasis-class ships, you'll see that Oasis and Allure, the beach pool, have umbrellas and chairs, which creates a nice shade for the day. But in, on Harmony of the Seas, they took all those tables and umbrellas out. But looking on the deck plans, they have these little asterisk stars and they're colored. So it looks like maybe those could be coming back, which I really liked them sitting under the umbrella um, all day versus the open sun.
0: Nice. Yeah, there's. The, I think I think we can reasonably expect – I'm going to predict maybe another restaurant or two. I could totally see the water slide thing. I think that's, that's really important, Michael, that you brought up that there's going to be not only water slides, but I think they're going to – Add something. I love to see. I don't think it'll happen because I had so much of issues with it on Liberty, but that tidal wave slide idea, um, huh. where you have this—the tidal wave slide is a slide where you go on a raft and you go, you get, you climb up to the top of the slide, you go down really quickly, and then up a near vertical wall, so you get almost a moment of weightlessness as your as your raft runs out of energy and then slides back down on that same wall. And uh, it looks like a lot of fun. There, there, there was issues when they added it on Liberty of the Seas because there were some issues with the staying on the slide, which is kind of a big deal, <laughs> and um,
1: especially since it's right on the the rail of the end of the ship there.
0: Yeah, yeah, there was no room for error there, so they spent a lot of time tr- actually trying to figure it out and get it to work. They got it to work; it's been working fine, in fact, for many many months now. But I think it seemed like they were like, okay, we're not going, you know, uh, what once, what is it, once. Um, You know, fool me once, shame on shame on me. You know, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But I don't know. Maybe they'll. I hope maybe they'll have an opportunity to bring something different and and unique onto Symphony of the Seas and give us a new slide thing. Michael, what's your world record up to now? For how many uh, slide uh, rides have you been on when you were on Harmony?
1: I was shooting for triple digits, but I didn't make it, Matt. Something about climbing up those steps over and over. (laughs) Again, yeah. but I did um, I did break the around thirty something times on the group cruise. Wow. So it, it's a lot of fun. And mentioning the slides, when I stayed on board in Jamaica, found Jamaica, there was absolutely no line. I was the only only person on it. So nice. you know, tip if you ever stay on board in a port day, go up those slides because you'll be the only one on them. Um, and it, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. Well, Michael, I. It, it's. we're still over a year away until Symphony of the Seas arrives in North America but I am really excited uh, for this ship and I'm, I, I think this announcement is a really good step forward I know many of us were waiting with bated breath for an announcement of any kind really what we can expect on there but this first taste uh, is going down real nice
1: I'm excited Matt we're going to have to do another podcast once it comes out and re- kind of revamp these topics but who knows maybe I'll see you on that group cruise next year
0: Absolutely. All right, let's take some time to answer your Royal Caribbean emails. This is the part of the episode where I reach into the Royal Caribbean blog inbox and pick out some emails to read. Uh, maybe these are questions about upcoming cruises, things I got wrong, which happens from time to time, or just things maybe people have want to talk about from a recent episode. And, of course, you can always send me your emails by sending an email to matt, M-A-T-T, at com my first email to us this week comes to us from Greg who as I posted this as a comment on your podcast yesterday uh, going from curb to ship but just in case you didn't see it here I thought I would ask you directly when dropping off my wife and luggage at the terminal before parking the car do the porters actually take and check in the luggage Is the C pass and/ or ID needed at that time Will I the driver need to get out of the car Will this be at the we'll we be at the Galveston support by the way as we are less than a couple weeks away we're making our way through your podcast really enjoying them a lot of good information. This is in our first cruise, our third actually. However, it's been 12 years since our last and both prior have been for work so there was never much free time. This feels like our first real cruise and we can't wait. Although I get a bit overwhelmed with what to bring, what to do, etc. The stress level is quite high at the moment but in a good way. So Greg, great question. So when you go when you drive in with your vehicle and you get your luggage and everything, you don't need to give the porters anything other than luggage. They're not going to check you in, they're not going to This isn't like the airport where they got to look at your ID and look at your thing. No, 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 no. It's not, nothing of that. They're more just... They take your luggage. If you have your luggage tags already on there, that's easy. Then all you have to do is drop off the luggage. They'll take it. You give them a tip. Easy peasy. Done. That's it. If you don't have luggage tags or they fell off or, I don't know, there's a lot of reasons you forgot them, you then they can actually affix luggage tags to your bags. I don't recommend going this way. There's nothing wrong with it. A lot of people do this. So They just show up and be like, Oh, I got four bags. I don't have my luggage tags. And they at that point, the porter usually puts their hand in their pocket, whips out three more luggage tags and, you know, fixes them in there. They're just, you know, he just writes them down on on there. And it works the same way, quite honestly. But I think in general, it's the best practice to print them out and fix them yourself just because... That way, there's more consistency to it. It's what people are expecting, and just makes your life easier. It's just one less thing to do. So why not? I have had one or two experiences where the porter would ask me, do you have your own luggage tags? And I say, yes, it's okay, good. Like, I don't know. Maybe you didn't have any or it would have been an issue. I don't know. But anyway, bring your own luggage, that's what I'm trying to say. But yeah, you just drop them off. You don't have to get out of the car, actually. In fact, if let's say you're dropping off your, your wife, Greg. Your wife can direct the whole drive. You can sit there and listen to your favorite radio station while the, 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 the luggage is taken out. Your your wife you know takes and directs everything and and that's it. So you don't have to get out of the car. This is also true. You know, obviously, if you're dropping off, uh, that'd be like the saddest thing ever. (laughs) Like Matt, you live near the air. Can you drive me to the port and not get on the cruise ship? Oh man, that'd be rough. (laughs) I digress. Anyway, I hope that answers your question, Greg. And I'm so glad you were enjoying the podcast. Thank you, my friend. Next up, we have an email from Big Burly John. While researching potential alternative ports for our Eastern Caribbean cruise, I found an article from the Jamaica Observer. In addition to the article itself, I found the most interesting comments from Jamaica locals and natives that returned to visit. The article definitely reinforces what we as a cruise community have been discussing about harassment and safety concerns while visiting Jamaica. Here's one particular quote from the article. Executive Director of Tourism Product Development Company, Dr. Andrew Spencer, said the authorities have been trying to curb tourist harassment in Falmouth. For example, he noted that contract carriage care operators are to be sensitized to mitigate this problem in the long term. Because people are walking off the ships and running back on, the idea is we want to get give them the know-how that they should have, he remarked. End quote. This is back to John's stuff now. With that said, it seems like the cruise ports I can handle and oasis class ships were already pretty limited before Hurricane Irma. Now with the hurricanes moving through, I wonder if itineraries will be shifted more west. I look forward to your comments. John is a really good point and I read that same article about this. Actually, this is the impetus for a whole other discussion that ended up not being accurate, but you know, the, the this idea, this goes into a larger picture of Jamaica and ports, and certain ports have reputations for having aggressive locals who are trying to sell services or goods or what have you, and over the years, people have certainly uh, noticed that some people are a little more aggressive than others. There was—I uh, remember as a personal example—on my honeymoon cruise, we went to Ocho Rios that time, which is also a different port in Jamaica. And you know, I'm totally okay with this idea of you walk past people, try to offer you things, you say a simple, "No, thank you, not interested." Thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's fine. And usually, that—that's more the case. I mean, I have, you know, in New York City, this happens more often than you think, but. You know, in Ocho Rios, I remember the guy, one particular person, once uh, you know, operator, whatever. But actually, it was following us. Like I was going to change my mind. Now, of course, I would always, I would always point out that look, if it didn't work, they wouldn't do it. Clearly, somebody is buying this stuff and going with it. That's probably why they do it. And you know, it, you know, you can all agree. Okay, we're all going to be civil. But you know, when one person does it and they get a, they get work out of it, it, other people, other operators can't help but notice that it works. Whether it's good or not is a different story. And thus they engage in it. I certainly would welcome this idea of, you know, I think that people do respond better. People being uh, guests respond better to a more welcoming environment. That idea that, look, it's okay to be to be offer these services. I like knowing, hey, there's someone who can, you know, take us on a on a tour of the island, or there's different opportunities. But you also don't want to be. I hate to use the word accosted, but certainly an aggressive uh, pitch when uh, when people are offering these things to you. And I think that is absolutely turns people off to the experience. There's a lot of people who, when you talk about certain cruise ports, I'm sure that they would tell you that. I've heard it myself. You know, we don't got the ship there. You know, it's not of interest to do that because of some of the uh, the nature of the of the sales involved. And you know what? I think from a cruising industry standpoint, from the big picture here, if you can anything the cruise ports can do to make their port more welcoming to guests, that that's a win for everybody because from the guest standpoint, they have a better, more positive experience in the port. They want to get off the ship. They are want to spend more time there, going to spend more money there. And obviously, guests who spend more time and more money in port is good for the local economy. So it seems to me like a win-win, and I'm looking forward, John, to uh, seeing what happens from that. Thank you for the email. Our next email comes to us from Kathy, who writes, I really enjoy your blog. I have some questions about port parking fees and the process. This is our first time driving to a cruise, and we'd like your recommendations for where to park that will make things easiest for us. We're cruising on a this of the season in April 2018. Could you give me any details about as possible as to what to expect when parking at the ports? Any tips? Do we need advanced reservations for that? How early can we arrive at the parking lots? Can we walk from the car to the port once we park? How much are the shuttles? Any details you can provide us would be helpful. This is our first experience, and we want to make sure it's the best. Thank you. We like to get to the port as early as possible. Kathy, Great email. And since I just did this on Harmony this season, Port Ever relates, I can give you some pretty good information. You'll be uh, going to Terminal 18, same one as Harmony. And it's very easy, actually. It's probably one of the easiest ones there is, Kathy. Basically, uh, what you should do is when you arrive with your car, pull in, drop off your luggage and anyone with you. So basically, get rid of everybody except for you and the car. Then the parking there's a parking lot Terminal 18 that is literally across the street. From where you check in, it's actually when you after you check in, you follow the road, which makes a U turn essentially. So if you follow the road; it goes in a U shape or shoe shape, and then you'll bear to the left or right—I forget which direction—and there's the entrance for the parking lot. There is no reservations required. You don't have to. I don't even think you can. Quite honestly, you get a ticket. You go then park the car. It's not a. There's not. It's not a parking garage. It's a. It's a level surface, uh, uh, parking lot. Park there. You take your ticket with you, lock the car up, go back literally across the street, and you're back in the terminal with your family, and, and your luggage is gone, obviously, and checked in for you, and you're on your way. When you get back, you go back to the, the car. Actually, the porters, if you use porter porters, I always recommend using. They'll take your luggage right up to the car, help you load it up, in fact, and then when you get in your car as you go to depart the parking facility, that's when you pay. They, they scan your, your ticket, and it's it's seamless and easy. It's what I do all the time. There are off-site parking options available to you. Some people do prefer that because it will save you some money. Kathy, you said that you wanted it to be the easiest process. This is the easiest process. It's why I do it every single time. Yes, I pay a little bit more, but the convenience is worth it to me. What time can you get in there? As early as you want, quite honestly, because don't forget. People are coming off that cruise, right? The previous sailing. So the parking lot will be open anyway. Uh, will you be able to check in? Probably not. Uh, the early, I mean, you can get there probably as early as about 9, 30. 10 o'clock for sure. That's when the doors open to the facility. So I would recommend getting there around 10 o'clock. You want to be there super early because you mentioned you want to be, you like to get to the port as early as possible, just like me. Well done. I'm giving you the thumbs up here. Um, get there at 10 o'clock, drop off the luggage, do exactly what I told you, park the car, you'll have no issues at all. In fact, what's great about arriving that early, Kathy, is all the people that have left from the previous sailing have opened up all the close parking spots. But even if you're parking in the back of the lot, I mean, it's – you're talking about a seven-minute walk instead of a, you know, a four-minute walk. It's really uh, very, very easy to do. So uh, very simple, and I, I think that's uh, – among the least of your worries, let's put it that way, Kat. Yeah, it's, it's a really easy process. So thank you for the email. It's a good question. I'm sure there's others who have been uh, thinking the same thing. So appreciate that. And we'll go to one more email here. And I believe we'll go to – and our last email today will be from Lona. Lona? Yona? I'm not sure. But I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Hi Matt, we just experienced our first back-to-back cruise. We actually made the decision on board our first cruise, which was a shortened to a lure cruise due to Hurricane Irma. This was a really amazing experience, especially since it was the first Caribbean cruise for my boyfriend's parents. Plus, it was great to skip the last day blues and on the first embarkation day. Anyway, my question is about Navigator, which we'll be sailing on in January. We've booked the Bora Bora suite, and we're excited to use the suite perks on board. Do you know if the upgraded toiletries are included, or is that just for Oasis and Quantum Flash ships? My other question is about the food on board. In a previous cruise, I believe it was Enchantment of the Seas, there was a deli-type spot in the Solarium where you could get some snacks during the day. We also love the Park Cafe on the Oasis Class ships. Is there anything similar on Navigator? Thanks to the blog and podcast. Love catching up on all things Royal Caribbean. Hoping for more early morning Facebook Live so I can catch them over here in Europe. Wow, thank you for the email so much. So, first of all, I love Navigator of the Seas. If you listen to this podcast at length, you may have heard me talk about it quite a bit. And Navigator is a wonderful ship you did really, really well. So are there upgraded toiletries? Yes. actually in I did, I did I stayed in a grand suite in on Navigator the Seas uh, earlier this year. And I believe the brand was Laocquitatain,'citataine. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that as well, but you know it's an upgraded brand. Yes, you actually get the little bottles of body wash, shampoo, conditioner as opposed to the mystery liquid in the shower wall. So, yes, you absolutely do get those. It's not the same brand as what's available on the Oasis quantum class ships, but it is upgraded toiletries nonetheless. Your other question was about a deli-type spot. Like, I know what you're talking about. You were talking about Park Cafe. Navigator does not have a Park Cafe. It has a Sorrento's. It has a Cafe Promenade. Probably the best place is going to be Cafe Promenade, quite honestly, uh, just because it offers this kind of grab and go sandwiches. There's also pizza there. It's going to be the spot for you that I can think of off the top of my head, although I'm sure I'm thinking of forgetting something. But yeah, uh, Cafe Promenade on the Royal Promenade offers a lot of sandwiches and pizza, and when in doubt, where we go to grab something even when we're on Navigator that sees us a quick snack. You can't go wrong there. So thank you for the email. Thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Always appreciate you listening here, being a part of the show and of course your wonderful emails. And uh, until next week, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.